Some of my best conversations through the years usually involve a good person on the other side of the table and a cup of coffee. I wanted to continue that, but there are so many people that I admire that live just too far away. So I decided, why not start a podcast? So this is Strange Currencies. It gives me a chance to sit down with people that I admire and ask them less about what they do or how they do it, but more about why they do it. Grab a cup of coffee and join in. I'm excited today to have as my guest, Rick Wittenbreaker. He's the CMO at Haller Brothers. Rick's been a great supporter over the past few years, and he and I actually had the chance to attend an FC Austin soccer game back when the stadium first opened down in Austin, Texas. If you don't know Haller Brothers, it's a really cool brand started by a couple of guys who had a shared love for surfing, fishing, and paddling, and they built this great brand that designs really cool men's clothing. We're going to jump right into the conversation here where I asked Rick about how they came up with a name for Haller Brothers. So let's get to it. You know, as they were going through, they had their idea. They knew what they wanted to do. They, when they were sitting there going through names or ideas for names, they kept coming back to their, they used to take uh, surf trips down to Costa Rica. And that's still like a big part of what, you know, inspires us and things we love to do. But when they were thinking about that, you know, and what are those, those sort of essential elements or those, the, the flavors of that place and those trips that keeps coming back to mind. And one was the sort of haunting call of the howler monkeys. Oh, cool. And if you've ever been down there uh, or heard them, it's at first it's a little startling and scary, but then it becomes this sort of background soundtrack for the trip. And like a lot of things, you know, uh, it's indicative of being in a great place. And so that's what that's where the name Howler came from, was really the Howler Monkeys. And then Brothers uh, was really, the, that, that word in the name really came from talking about shared experiences. And it's not about me or look what I did or my accomplishment or I climbed this mountain. It's really about we. And yeah. so what encompanies that better than Brothers, plural? And so they're not related by blood, but they, you know, it's all about having these shared interests and these shared experiences. And so really that it was pretty, at least for us as a brand, it was rather prophetic. They came up with this name and, and you know, and how what we ended up establishing and, and embracing as our brands, it really is way more about just that. It's about these shared experiences. It's about uh, the fun times on a trip like that where it's all the unplanned things right the things you didn't know were going to happen the flat tire the incredible tacos you found on the side of the road the yeah. uh you know those moments and all the funny stories you tell when you get back from the trip all the inside jokes and the laughs and things and then um and just the idea that it's 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 a lot about the journey and not so much the the destination or it's not so much about trying to catch this perfect wave but rather just the whole trip um, and so that's 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 where it came from and that's still today very much how we the lens we look through so um coming out of those trips was there a specific moment that you decided to launch the company or was it just uh, like is there a 
did they have like an aha moment at all or uh really was it just something that was slowly building uh, they had no it was it was this idea it's a really cool story actually so chase and andy along with our uh, one of our other partners mason brent were we're all in a band together starting in college. The band was called the Wrinkle Neck Mules. And for, uh, you know, they had started to really grow in popularity and were touring all the time. Uh, they did play some gigs in Europe. They've done all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, they put out like six or seven albums um, and had some really good, like critical claim and, and success. Uh, but it was during one of their i think tours or a stretch of a tour and so that also meant that they spent you know just infinite unlimited time together in a van yeah. cruising the entire country they also meant that they had uh, collaborated creatively together and figured out those ways to work together and so what happened was uh, chase had been chase was also an artist and just an incredibly gifted creative. And so he he had been contacted by another brand about doing some designs for them. And then, you know, he turned in these designs and he was all excited about these, these items and getting to wear these shirts or whatever it was. And that company kind of derailed in that time frame. And so they never ended up making the stuff. And it sort of left this, it was sort of this moment of, Frustration leads to inspiration of, well, they're, they're not going to make this stuff anymore, but I still want to wear it. So why don't we go make this? And so instead of just making those shirts or that one shirt, they said, well, look, if we're going to go through all this headache, we should make enough to sell for a lot of people. And if we're going to do that, uh, then we should just make a brand. And if we're going to do that, then we really need to think about it and go through the same Gen, uh, genesis process you would if you were it's if this was your initial goal and yeah. so they they did just that and so they spent a ton of time uh really coming up with what they wanted the brand to be and what they wanted did not want it to be and uh what were the points of inspiration what were the things that they were going to draw from creatively uh and and they did it and to their you know as a testament to their efforts like it 99% of that all still holds true today for us uh, 12 years later. And so we're in this, um, you know, so we have this pretty incredible, I would say the, the, the book or the, the sort of idea vault, it goes, runs way deeper because they put so much effort up front instead of just hurrying to get out, like a lot of brands or companies or people do where they just want to hurry and put, they have a logo. So they want to put their logo on tees and hats and start that way. Mm -hmm. And this was the opposite. They said, no, we want a fully baked idea and we want a fully baked offering. So they, we want, they came out with, albeit smaller than we do today. It had, it did have tees and hats, but it had cut and, uh, cut and sew custom, Shirts, short sleeve, long sleeve, board short, shorts, uh, all kinds of things. And so it was an actual real offering. And it was pretty neat. And so, uh, and I, I met them when, right, I, I was actually like the month that they had launched, the officially publicly launched. And oh, wow. uh, 
Yeah, I met them. Uh, I was working at Yeti at the time, and they we had a mutual friend who said, "Hey, y'all should really get together." Three of us went to lunch together. Uh, Chase, myself, and this mutual friend, and then we just hit it off. And I was sort of a fan and a customer first, and then uh, we just became friends. And we would go uh, grab beers, you know, once a month and talk shop. And and uh, another thing that's interesting to note is that neither Chase nor Andy had been in the outdoor industry prior, and so I think when they jumped in. They obviously did a great job, but they didn't know, they didn't have the network, they didn't have, you know, know sort of some of the ins and outs. And so it was, it was easy to, for us to huddle up and say, well, hey, you should meet these guys, or how about this, or you should consider these things. And um, so we just hit it off and it was great. And, you know, our friendship and sort of professional relationship just snowballed from there. I don't know exactly the timeline, but maybe let's call it a year, year plus, two years later, uh, I ended up coming on board. That's great. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? It's this idea that like um, you just sort of like immerse yourself in an experience that you love and then things come from it, right? So so they didn't have the idea of this, but from that time of spending it on the road and music and then getting the chance to sort of make shirts and things for someone else like you just get opened up to all of these things in in this area that you love and then that's that's how things come about it's the same uh, I used to talk all the time about how um, just getting be, being of the mindset of trying to start my own thing by simply just having that mindset day to day you open yourself up to so much more opportunity that you weren't aware that was even there if you had just sort of like half put your foot in you know so it's it's very cool that that happens no, it is. Yeah, I, I like that, uh, your comment about that. And I think it's being, there's definitely a part of it that I think is being open mm-hmm. and then proactive and putting out into the world, like these thoughts or these interests or, uh, and just putting energy out there. And I think way more often than not, it'll lead you in the right, in the right direction. Yeah, right. And and the idea of not being afraid to fail, like that's a great thing too, right? Just yeah. figuring it out as you go. Like that's a that's one of the best lessons ever, right? You always you 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 always learn the most when you're you, when you're not afraid to fail and when you fail, right? So it's very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, tell me a little bit more about how you became. I know you gave me some recent news too, which we can get into. But tell me a little bit more about how you became the CMO. Obviously, not necessarily you you shared that story about how you guys got together and how that came about, but was the idea always that you'd come in as a CMO or did you sort of just say that you were going to come in and just be a part of the company in any way you could? Uh, yeah. You know, when I met uh, at that time, I was doing marketing at Yeti and Yeti was going through this explosive growth phase. And, uh, you know, when I started doing Contract work for them. They had eight employees total and all shared one Gmail account. And so what, you know, for four years and, and we grew like triple digit growth every year. And so it was just a totally, it, it was a f- really fun rocket ship to be a part of. But one of the things about it was that every six months, it wasn't just growth or sales. It was like we were a different company. And so you learn a ton of stuff, you know, because you're hiring all these new people and now you're doing more stuff and you're 
getting more sophisticated or you need to do more. And so it was really just, for me, it was about marketing, but it was a lot about growth. And, um, and so when, when uh, Chase and I became friends and we started having beers and talking and stuff, um, and we had talked about this and we actually tried to make it work once uh, before, but um, the timing just wasn't right, but uh, we kind of stuck to it and hammered it out. Um, and then, well, look, no, I think that was the, the thought from the get-go. And, you know, they were very, uh, Annie and Chase and Mason, but specifically Annie and Chase at that time were very also, hey, we want you to be a part of the team. We, you know, it's not, it's, it's more than just joining as an employee and doing said role or said function. It is, we want you to be, you know, fully committed and, and bought in. And so uh, they, they made me a really great offer and um, to be a partner in the business from day one and, and to pick and, and to pick up the marketing. And, and so, and at that point, it had mostly been Chase doing it like amongst all the other, you know, plates he was spinning at the time, including all the design and all the everything. And so I think in part, it was like, Hey, as the business, they wanted to evolve and grow and do more. And also, uh, hey, you know, we've never actually marketed physical goods before. Yeah. Um, and I mean, other than band merch and stuff. So it was just a different, uh, you know, ex sort of experience or, or uh, so it, it made it a pretty easy fit yeah. because that was something they hadn't done and didn't necessarily know. And I had, you know, recently come off a great experience of doing just that with Yeti and with some other folks. And so, it was like a, a a really easy fit, yeah. To be honest, and and we hit the ground running, and it's been great ever since. Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, I know for us as a company, we when we started or we decided to start uh, Rotary Digital, it was this idea of we thought that there was something in the market that we could do better or create a different experience, and I and I, mm -hmm. I always think about that with you guys, like. Um, you have a really unique brand identity. Uh, like, not that I know a lot at all, but generally if I see things out in the market or online and I uh, take a look, a lot of the times I feel like, oh, that's probably a Haller Brothers product. And a lot of the times I'm I'm kind of right. Uh, you know, it has that very sort of, I'm not going to explain this great, but like surfy, fishy, sort of outdoorsy feel to it, which is very much your brand. Was <laughs> Did you guys, when this started, was it that you recognized sort of a hole in the market or did you just come in thinking that you could create something in the outdoor space that was, that was better? Um, that's a really good question. I think that when Chase and Andy, <clears throat> this idea came to them and they really got excited about it and it started snowballing and taking hold. Uh, I, I think it was a combination of things. I think one, it was an opportunity uh, you know, they liked doing all these outdoor pursuits, but they, at the time, at least felt like all the apparel out there was very techy or it, it like was sort of overly functional. And oh, okay. so it while it performed, you felt kind of like a dork 
wearing it. Or as soon as you finished doing that activity, you were like, I got to go change clothes because I can't go to the bar looking like this, you know? And so it was, it was kind of that. And uh, that was a part of it. And I think another component of it was that they, um, they always loved uh, both as like performing members of the band. And then also when they would go do this stuff, both of them were very, uh, always sort of interested in, in cool vintage stuff and sort of bucking the trend that if everyone is doing, you know, wearing the same thing, the same type of shirt, the same uh, pants or whatever, then they wanted to, well, hey, I'm going to wear instead this other vintage thing and it keeps the sun off my skin just the same, but it's maybe a little different. And so it's just it's just some of that. And, and so like, how do we take uh, some of this vintage inspiration or other items that they loved and work that in from a design perspective, but then carry over the same performance functionality that people were really starting to want. And it felt like you had to pick one. You had to pick form or function. So why can't we have both? And really like the sniff test was like, hey, I want to wear this on the water and can I go, does it perform just as well in the bar as it does on the water? Yeah. And if it. that's the case, then like, okay, we win. Yeah. Like that, that this product's going to work or we, we at least like it enough to, to release it out into the wild. Yeah. That's a great way to think about it. I love that idea that, uh, you know, to wear it. And then the idea, if I could sit in a bar in it too, because I, I certainly have my share of clothes where when I'm done, wherever I'm doing, whether I'm outside or working out, I would not be wearing those out to a bar. Or I would be screaming the, just totally the wrong message, you know? So that's great. Well, uh, like, like, look, I know you're a huge soccer fan. So like what yeah. one, like sort of a silly example though, is you love soccer. You probably read about soccer all the time or watch a lot of soccer on TV or, you know, go to games and all that stuff. But if you walked and you probably play soccer, but outside of that, when you're at work or you're going, if you wore cleats, you know, <laughs> yeah. to yeah. like, that's what it felt like. It's like, yeah. if you're just walking around all day in cleats kind of just to, it just felt like, well, this is, this is wrong or, you know, yeah. this isn't the right application or there's gotta be a better way. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. More versatility and like functionality. Too. Yeah. Totally get that. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Tell me about customers. Um, same, same with us. Like I just remember, uh, for us when we started, we sort of briefly promoted the idea of our first email elevator on a, on a cool material. We got a, a quick few thousand subs, and the results were really great. And that really sort of charged us up into the idea, like, hey, maybe this could work. But I know in the retail space, it's a totally different. So tell me a little bit more about how you found your first few customers, and then you were talking a little bit earlier about how that's changed or how that challenge has changed as you've achieved certain levels of growth. Yeah. You know, when they first launched, uh, Halley brothers was direct only. That was sort of a direct consumer only. That was the vibe and the, the notion, uh, going into it. Um, and it was pretty much for the most part, just viral, you know, like anything you start with that closest, 
concentric circle of your family and friends and they they are doing you a solid by buying you a little gear and maybe telling their friends and so it just starts to spread and you you achieve some some sort of low level virality that way and then there would be some uh i think they got a little press and then i think what happened was they found they really found footing with some of their uh shirts and shorts in the fly fishing community and that was certainly a part of the brand going into it but uh that uh, because our products typically have a lot of flavor you know colors and patterns and designs and just new and more interesting and more fun frankly that here was this world that had been all tan and beige and khaki and uh, or, or you get these super like tropical Miami vice colors. Um, yeah. and so, uh, it was just, I think it, 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 it was a very welcome, uh, new product or new offering in the fly fishing community, uh, especially in the saltwater world. And so all of a sudden it sort of took off in that realm, um, and that crowd, that community really embraced it and picked it up or, you know, the, the, a portion of that community that Heller Brothers is, is right for. And then what happened is those shops uh, started calling and saying, hey, we want to get in. We want to carry you guys. And they hadn't really thought about that and they hadn't really figured out the wholesale program. And so it was a kind of a... a uh, oh, well, shoot, maybe this is a good thing. Let's scramble and figure this out. And um, we can put together real quick you know, an offering and a catalog and all those things and, and do the all the things you need to do to participate in the wholesale world. And so uh, that, that was kind of the first real foothold, I would say. Um, and then on... Um, your question about the evolution, I mean, it's always evolving. Right. So to think that you're only one thing to one group of people is, I think, sort of a fool's errand. But uh, we're, you know, the fly fishing traction has stuck and, and persisted and continued, which is wonderful. We've also seen a lot of growth in these other areas. And some of this, some of these are like, like activity-based or activity-centric, like fly fishing or surfing. And we've started to see a lot more traction in those activity-based circles. Uh, we've also seen a lot of traction in geographic circles, uh, you know, where certain areas or, or geographies really take a shine to what you're making and what you're doing. And it really, I think a lot of, for us especially, the, a lot of design uh, resonates with people. Um, and so we've seen that. And then you start to see even beyond that, we've really, and now that we're, you know, 12 years in, we've started to really see, uh, these even, uh, segments where it's based on age. And so you see us different age groups, like different products or like different types of products or wear it differently or you know, those things. And so it's just a whole 
variety and there's not a one size fits all and there's not a one uh oh yeah we only go to these shops or we only sell to this segment of people it's it's a total mixed bag in, in the best way it's a it's a wonderful like combination of people and places and activities and all those things right so you what that's really interesting which is so now that you're seeing all this uh, traction if you will in all these different segments i mean you're still not a you know you're you're obviously not a massive company, right? So for you and your job, how do you decide where to focus your energy, right? Like you don't want to entirely focus your energy on the fly fishing community, um, but at the same time, you want to make sure that you're putting enough effort into sort of new markets of growth. And so how do you figure out how to spend your time and energy against uh, each or any of these segments? Yeah, that's a, that's a really great question. And, and um uh, I don't, I would say we don't yet have that totally figured out, yeah. <laughs> but it's something that we're always working on and always trying to get better at and learn, uh, dig deeper on, um, you know, I will say, and, and you sort of alluded to this earlier, but, um, my role has, has changed as well. And part of that was us last year as we, we, we took last year being 2021 and sort of called it our 10th anniversary year. We did a lot of fun, special activities yeah. for that uh, product releases, um, content, all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, but one of the things we did internally was we did a lot of, we had a whole series of meetings uh, at the partner level that were okay. We've made it 10 years and we hit our, our BHAG, or we were going to hit our BHAG by the end of that year that we thought we'd never hit. And so, okay, well, so what does the next decade look like? What do we want for this? What do we, where, where does, where does Haller Brothers want to go after this? Um, and, and what do we not want to do, which I think is a lot of times more important. Um, and so in all those, that series of meetings, one of the things that, or some of the things that kept surfacing were the fact that we needed to we needed to dig deeper we needed to be get more granular on some of these things and be more specific and be better at some of these things um and all of our uh you know we our employee count way lagged our growth and so all of a sudden too which is sort of one of these growth threads is that well now uh you know what what Sean used to do on Tuesday afternoons every week is now a full-time gig because that's that part, that function or that thing he was doing is, is now we, that's become way more important to us. We need more out of that. And so it was sort of this reckoning in a good way for us to say, okay, let's level set here. Let's figure out where do we need more help and more talent and people and where do we need, where, where, where do we, not only for where we are today, but where we want to go. And, uh, and in part, uh, one of the things where we all agreed we would love more and deeper expertise is on the marketing front. And uh, even though that's my, has been my, had been my purview, I, I was the first one I raised my hand and said, well, look, I think there's probably somebody out there better or, uh, you know, if we're all acknowledging this needs more attention than uh, we're giving it today, 
then I think I think there's somebody out there who's dying to do this and would be better and it, it, you know at this next phase, but also is probably more granular than I am. Is better at things that uh, certain things that I am, and so we we kind of sat down and it took a while to actually convince the guys of this, but uh, I, I wholeheartedly believe it that it's probably the best thing for the brand and the business, and that. And frankly, the best thing for me. And so we kind of lined out all these things and said, okay, I'm going, Rick is going to continue to do these things. And then there were a couple of things on the whiteboard that we had sort of uh, neglected or were underserviced. Yep. So I'm going to help out with those two. Uh, and, and so we sort of redefined this new role for me. And at the same time said, okay, and now we're going to uh, define and, uh, what this new head of marketing looks like. And uh, and so we put together uh, what that looks like for us, which is not necessarily what it looks like for anybody else. And then uh, we set out a search and we found an awesome uh, candidate. And he, uh, he started in June. And so we're now, uh, what are we, it was November. So he, yeah, so he's like five months in now. And uh, he's doing great. He's a great guy. His name's Paul Graham, and he's a, a hell of an addition to the team. And uh, is I'm so glad he's here, and I'm so glad for Howler that we have this, you know, additional uh, manpower and, and skill. Uh, and he's great, and everybody loves him. So it's a great find, and I think we're all like – you know, it's 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 the situation of a rising tide raises all boats. And so we're we're all better because of it. That's awesome. Thanks for listening to the Strange Currencies. This podcast is for entertainment only. Any advice should be taken with caution. Except chocolate. Uncle Sean is worried about that. You should eat some every day. This podcast was hosted by Sean Ryan and sponsored by Virgilie Digital. Music mix and mastering done by MKG Marketing. Next episode to drop next week. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share wherever you podcast.